0: If when you pray you weren't refreshed, you probably were complaining. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. And today on the show, we have part two of Bill Johnson's message about love versus fear. Here's Bill. One more passage I want you to look at. It's in Philippians chapter 1. And then I want to talk to you for a little bit. Philippians 1 is one of my favorite ones on the subject of fear. Uh, Verse 27 says, Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs That you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Here's the verse Not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them proof of perdition, but to you of salvation. Now think through this verse. This is really powerful. Not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them proof of eternal judgment. So think through this. Every time you and I are victorious over a fear issue, what is broadcast on the PA of hell, or the powers of darkness, is pending doom, absolute eternal judgment. And they try to get you to fear so they don't have to think about what's coming. <laughs> I've got some really good news for you, I heard just recently. Every every time we are victorious over the fear issue, what happens is the enemy, all the powers of darkness come face to face with the fact that they are eternally doomed and there is no solution. And that's what the victory over fear does, is it pronounces, it announces, it reminds what is coming their way. No wonder. The powers of darkness work so hard to get us in fear, both to dislocate us in our sense of effectiveness, but also to erase from their thinking what they are facing. That's amazing. That's amazing. So here's here's the deal. Fear absolutely kills us. Fear absolutely messes us up in the worst possible way because it, it connects us, it connects us to a lie. So I've got just a series of questions. I've got to make this one briefer uh, in this service. But I've got just a series of questions. And here's the first one. What are you doing? Pertaining to the fear issue. Pertaining to the temptation to entertain. Thoughts, negative thoughts. Really cause you to become weak and fearful. How many of you... You've become so fearful over something, so anxious over something, you couldn't get it out of your mind. You couldn't stop thinking about it all evening long into the night. It kept you up at night. How many of you have lost sleep over thinking stupid things? All right. So we know you know how to meditate. (laughs) So now we just need to change the subject that you're focusing on. You're going to feed yourself on that which kills You're going to feed yourself on that which gives life And it is a choice It is a choice There's this strange thing I've noticed I've I've noticed creeping up in me Every once in a while It lifts up its ugly head This strange thing About predicting something wrong So that you have a confidence That you know what you're talking about Did that make sense? If it didn't, don't worry about it. Just flush. But if it made sense to you, it's just not right. It's not right. People do it all the time in the church. They, they prophesy tragedies coming and this and that so that they appear discerning when tragedies come. Was that the goal? To be discerning or to actually affect the course of history? If you want to affect the course of her history and you see something negative coming, start praying so that you can change what's coming. It's the same thing with fear. You know, people, Jack Hayford made a statement years ago that really rocked me. He said, how, how would you treat a friend who lied to you as often as your fears do? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. Bad bad joke, but it was a joke. So here's the question. What are you doing? Turn uh, in for, to First John chapter 4. He's probably the most well-known passage on... Uh, Unfair, at least for many of us. First John chapter 4. First John chapter 4, starting in verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment. That's an amazing thing. Because as he is, so are we in this world. But I'd love to bring that subject up again. But not today. There is no fear in love, verse 18. Perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Jump down to verse 20. It's all in the same thought. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. He who does not love his brother whom he can see, how, uh, how can he love God whom he cannot see? The whole point is, is that when we confess, we have a, a, a spiritual experience, a reality in the unseen realm. It has to be measurable in the scene. How we treat the natural world actually illustrates and exemplifies what we are claiming to have happened in our own personal lives. So if I say I love God, but I don't love people, then I'm lying. All right. So what is he saying here? Perfect love casts out fear. I've only had half this equation settled in my my thinking. In in recent years, any time I've made reference to this verse, perfect love casts out fear, the emphasis has been on making sure that I'm in a place to receive that loving touch from God. Why, because that love casts out fear. It's true, but it's only partially true, why? Because the scripture says perfect love. The word perfect there is the word complete. Love that is made complete casts out fear. When he goes on in the discussion, he talks about us loving people. So in other words, I have to give away what I've received in order for it to be complete. And it's only that kind of love that casts out fear. It's not just my experience on a prayer line or through a fire tunnel. It's the experience I've had with God that has been translated into how I treat people. Here's the bottom line. What are you doing? What are you do- doing pertaining to the issue of fear? What are you doing? This, the scripture compels us to serve somebody Stop waiting for another conference. Stop waiting for another prophetic word. Stop waiting for another person to come and massage your ego or help sympathize with the tragedies that you faced. You know, at some point, we have to stop being impressed with the size of our problem. And our deliverance begins at the moment. We're no longer impressed with the size of our problem. And that's the challenge for every one of us. And, and some of you say, well, you don't know what I've gone through. No, that's, that's true. And if I did, I would probably buckle or be as, uh, as, as challenged as, as you're struggling. I wouldn't ever want to discount that. I'm just saying none of us want to stay there, so let's get out. And the way you get out is you find someone to serve that's worse off than you. you, you love has to become practical where it becomes demonstrated. So what are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you thinking about? Because if I'm fueling the lie, I've agreed with the liar, and tragically, I've empowered the liar. So he only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So when you empower the liar, there's always loss and destruction as a result. So there has to be a point where find a scripture, a word of promise, read the Bible till he talks to you. And when you find that verse of scripture, memorize it, write it on a card. You may have to pull it out 50 times, 100 times in one day, and quote it, pray it, declare it, sing it, but just... Take some responsibility. Take some responsibility for the very fact that the enemy is intimidated by your success and he hopes to dislocate your effectiveness by causing you to fear. That's what he's doing. He does not want to be reminded of eternal judgment. That's why he has targeted you, targeted me to fall into this issue of fear. So taking personal responsibility. What are you doing? Serve somebody. What are you thinking? Think what God says. Paul wrote us in, in the most horrific situation possible. Here's, here's a guy, here's a guy who, who writes, everywhere I go, people want to kill me. That has to affect your approach on travel. <laughs> here's, he says, everywhere I go, they want to put me in chains. You know, he's got this group that follows him. They just, they act, all they want to do is kill him. I mean, they've stoned him. They've done all this stuff, tried to kill him. He's had 39 lashes. I forget how many times. The guy's just, you know, he's, he's got some reasons to be depressed. And here he's in a prison. He's in a hole in the ground. I've actually been in the hole that he was at in Rome. And he writes this letter that says, rejoice. Again, I say, rejoice. He found how to beat the fear thing. He found something powerful. Anybody can rejoice when they have joy. In the kingdom, you rejoice to obtain joy. You actually cause your thought life, your emotional life, and your physical body to align with what God has made available. And in that yielding, in that sacrifice, in that obedience, brings a release of profound joy. Fear can't connect itself. It's like you become Teflon. Nothing sticks. Nothing sticks of that realm of fear. And so the question is, you know, what are you what are we what are we thinking? What are we doing? What are we praying? You know, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. There's a profound picture of exchange. If when you pray, you don't leave refreshed, you probably weren't praying, you were complaining. Because the whole point of prayer is that you're supposed to get His heart, and He's going to take yours. He's going to take your junk and give you His good, and that's the exchange. That's that's the deal of prayer. So if you walk into the presence and you walk out as frustrated as when you went in, you might want to think about how you're praying. So what 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 am I doing? What am I thinking? What am I praying? That was Bill Johnson, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Bill Johnson Love versus Fear. You can also find out more information about him at BJM.org. I hope you have a wonderful day today, and I will see you again tomorrow. God bless.